بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم Yazid Rakashi Rahmatullah Ali said that from amongst the oppressors of the Bani Israel one oppressor was in privacy with his wife he saw a strange person entering the door of his house in the state of anger the oppressor rushed towards this person the oppressor asked him who are you who gave you permission to enter my house the person said the owner of the house allowed me to enter I am that person which no barrier can prevent. I need no permission to meet a king, nor do I fear the awe of any oppressor, and nothing prevents me from meeting any proud and haughty person. Hearing this, the oppressor became afraid. His body began shivering, and he fell inverted on his face. Thereafter, he said very helplessly, Then you are Malakul Maut. The person replied, yes, I am Malakul Maut. The oppressor said, give me time so that I may write out my will. The angel of death said, it is too late now. It is a pity that your time has expired and the number of breaths apportioned to you have exhausted. There is no time for any delay. The person said, where will you take me? The angel of death replied, I will take you to your deeds which you have sent towards the akhirat. That is, your abode will be as you did. You will get that type of house in the Akhirat which you constructed in this world. Imam Shafi Rahmatullah is a couplet of his which he expresses the same point that where he says, وَلَيْسَ لِلْمَرْءِ بَيْتٌ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ يَسْكُنُهَا إِلَّا الَّذِي كَانَتْ قَبْلَ الْمَوْتِ يَبْنِيهَا That after death, there is no house for a person to live in except the kind of house that he built while he was alive. In other words, a person, his abode in the akhirat is a kind of abode that he built while he was alive. And then he further explains it, فَإِن بَنَاهَا بِخَيْرٍ طَابَ مَسْكَنُهَا That if he built it in a good way, meaning with good deeds, then he will enjoy living in it. Because he'll be living in comfort. He'll be living in all the bounties of Jannah that will even the benefits which will start from the cover. But in Banaha Bisharrin Khababaniha. And if he built a evil abode, then he too is destroyed in it. So this is the thing that a person in the Akhirat, the house of that Akhirat will be what he constructed in this world. The person said, I did no good deeds. I did not construct any good house until now. The angel said, In that case I will take you towards the blazing fire of Jahannam. It removes the skin. It will call and pull the person who turned his face away from the truth in this world. Thereafter the angel of death extracted his soul. Among the household members, some were crying while others were screaming. This was a person who was an oppressor from among the Bani Israel. So while he was in his heydays as we may call it, he thought, well, life will carry on. I can do as I will. Who is here to stop me? But finally that day comes when nobody can escape. 
and a person who has been oppressing others, he has to, has to meet his day also. Somebody has been doing something else, he has to meet his day. And this is one is at the time of death, the akhirat. Even in dunya also, Allah Ta'ala sometimes brings this in various ways. A person sometimes doesn't link it, he doesn't realize where it's linked. There was one person, one incident that the ulama have written about one person who was this kind of oppressive person. He was some kind of police or whatever it might have been. So, without any care, he would treat anybody as he wills because he had that authority, that power. He could, now, nobody could challenge him. So one day as he was coming along, he saw somebody walking with one fish in his hand. It was a poor person, he probably caught it or bought it or whatever. He's taking it home to eat. So he saw that fish and he liked it. So he just told him, give it to me. The person said, but this is my food now, I am taking something home to eat. And I don't have anything else. So he just insisted and then he grabbed it out of his hand. And being the type of person he was, so nobody could challenge him. So this poor man had to just leave it as it is. And this person took this fish and he carried on. As he's going home, that fish was still somewhat alive. Probably was just caught shortly before that. So in its normal, how fish out of water will now sometimes flutter. So in that fluttering it caught onto his finger and bit onto it. So he felt some very severe pain. But in any case he didn't give it too much attention. The time came, he went home, even had the fish, carried on feeling this pain, he went to sleep. But the next morning he woke up, his whole finger was very swollen and excruciating pain. So he went to the doctor, the doctor said there's only one ilaj of there's only one treatment that we'll have to cut this finger off, it's already poisoned. We don't cut the finger off, it's going to be in a major problem. The poison will then move further up. So he had no choice, they cut the finger off. After some days, the pain is in his palm. And he just cannot get any kind of peace. Eventually after whatever treatments, they said, no, look, this is also gone poisonous, septic. We will have to amputate the palm. If you don't amputate the palm, then you are risking your life also. Finally they amputated the palm. After some time, again, this pain is now further up and just cannot get any relief, any rest. After whatever treatments, finally they said, look, that poison had already traveled further up. So now from the elbow we'll have to amputate. If you don't amputate it, we are now risking your life again. So they amputated it from the elbow. And after some time, again the same thing happened. Finally they had to amputate it halfway up the arm. When it came to this point, one day he happened to meet some friend of his. Now this is going over some time and that person saw him, he says, what happened? So he gave him this whole story that first my finger got amputated and then my palm. The person thought and said, look, tell me something, did you cause any oppression to anybody? Did you oppress somebody? Think about it carefully. So he thought about it, he said, yes, this whole thing started off with an oppression. Because he forgot about it. The person who 
doesn't have that fikr, then he won't even give second thought to it. That where this happened from, what happened. He just carries on with life like nothing happened. He forgets about it also. So he had also forgotten that this had anything to do with that incident of the fish. So this person, after he asked him the question and he pondered over it, he said, yes, well, this whole thing started off with this fish incident. So the friend told him, look, you better go and ask that person's forgiveness. How long are you going to keep amputating? Because if you don't gain his forgiveness, you're going to then, your body is going to be in pieces. Because you have been now, the oppression that you have caused, somebody's oppression, that effect of that might come, they might have some respite now, it might come much later. Yours is catching up with you now. So if you don't sort it out now, you are going to keep chopping off pieces of your body. Somehow he went and found that person after much difficulty, and then he begged him for forgiveness. That person too had forgotten what is all this about, because some period of time had passed. He says, no, you are the person who was walking with that fish, and I grabbed that fish from you, and now this is the end result of it. So in any case, the person forgave him, and he asked him, look, tell me one thing. At the time when I grabbed that fish out of your hand, did you say something? Did you do something? What went through your heart? So he said, at that time, what can I say? I was helpless. So at that time, all I did was I turned to Allah Ta'ala, but in that moment, I said, Ya Allah, I am without power. You demonstrate your power. I am powerless here. I am helpless. I can't do anything. This person has all the might. He has the power. He is a whatever, police or something. Now I'm going to challenge him. Ya Allah, you demonstrate your power. Now, at that moment might have been that moment of acceptance. And this is a very dangerous thing that never to take somebody's baddua. Never take somebody's curse. We shouldn't curse also in any case. Because sometimes we end up cursing and that curse falls back on us. Because the person who was cursed wasn't deserving of it. And sometimes somebody else, we hurt somebody... Allah forbid something passes that person's heart, is that moment of acceptance and the effects of that can be very drastic. So, one is that in dunya, sometimes this catches up and many a times, what catches up in dunya, that is actually the smaller thing and that is actually a kind of rahmat in a sense, like in this particular case. That it drove this person to go and seek forgiveness and get it sorted out. And when a person gets that respite and he takes that respite to be something that he is now, there's no problem with him. That is a very severe thing because then everything is going to happen in the akhirat, Allah forbid. So the thing to do is to always be very conscious that we don't have anything of this nature left over in our account. That we have trampled on somebody's rights. We have oppressed somebody in some way, hurt somebody in some way, because all these things then become a problem for us, in dunya also, and Allah forbid, that these things become a problem for a person in the akhirat as well. Yazid Raqashi Rahmatullah says, if the people come to know what the deceased person experiences in the throes of death, they will scream and cry more on his suffering than his death. Hazrat Sufyan Sawri Rahmatullah says, when the angel of death touches the vein of a person, he ceases to recognize people. His tongue becomes locked and he forgets everything of this world. Were it not for the anesthetical effect of death, out of the severe pain, 
the dying person would have swung a sword on those near him. In some narrations it has come that when the soul reaches the throat, shaitan makes all efforts to lead him astray. In one narration it comes that at the times of Salah, the angel of death searches and keeps record of people performing Salah. If he finds someone punctual on Salah, then he reminds him to read the Kalima Tayyiba at the time of death and wards of shaitan from him. Subhanallah, what a tremendous thing this is, that for the punctuality of Salah, at that critical time of death, sometimes it could be that there is somebody present to make talqeen of the kalima, somebody to remind the person by reciting the kalima, recite, person starts reciting on him on his own and this becomes a reminder for the dying person, sometimes somebody might be present to make talqeen, and sometimes nobody, person is alone wherever he is, a person, nobody knows that he's even passing away. But this is such a great thing here, that in one narration it comes that at the time of Salah, the angel of death searches and keeps record of people performing Salah, those who are punctual with their five daily Salah. If he finds anybody, anyone punctual on Salah, then he reminds him to recite the Kalima Tayyibah at the time of death, and wards of shaitan from him. Subhanallah, imagine Malakul Mawt himself making talqeen of the kalima. And this is the reward and the benefit of being punctual on salah. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, inshallah we'll continue. Subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanakallah, wa bihamdik, nashadu la ilaha illa anta nistaghfiruka wa natubu ilaha. Inshallah, at around 22 we'll start again. Just a reminder again, as we have been repeatedly making this reminder, that let us be conscious of the sanctity of the masjid. We will be talking something, but don't raise our voices. Allah Ta'ala give us the